What you are about to hear is opinion and conjecture that does not reflect the true opinions or actions of individuals mentioned. All named activities are alleged and discussed while under the influence and are inadmissible in court. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We've now reached cruising altitude and I've turned off the seatbelt signs. Now prepare to get lifted with your hosts, Cushman Bonlegs and Matt GZ. Paranoia, I think we're being followed. My roommates are in my head. Welcome back to episode nine of Cruising Altitude. This is your captain speaking, Cushman Bonglegs, and I'm here with my ever faithful co pilot, Matt GZ. How you doing? Still flying high, my friend. Still flying high. Episode number nine. I know. It's a little surreal, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's exciting. It's just <laughs> really getting there on the on the voyage. Yeah. I think uh, even if we were just on air screaming each week and we got to nine episodes, I would have been impressed. So, it's still an accomplishment the way I agree. Yeah. I, I, uh, just consistency is an accomplishment in this day and age. But, Another uh, notch, yep. Yeah. But speaking of staying on the grind, got this freaking behemoth. For ten dollars the other day. That is a fancy new grinder you got there. Yeah, and I, I see he's, he's holding this like, gigantic, oh, pretty much like like the largest diameter you can get grinder, uh, solid stainless steel. Like that thing's got to weigh like a good four or five pounds as well. Yeah, I had a bigger one at one point. Um, yeah, I, you know, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about the the amazing like uh, Grail that is uh, gas station grinders, as I call them. Ooh. You know, everyone likes to think you have to have your sharp stone or your, what's it, the chroma crusher or yeah, whatever. Yeah. They have one in the Cali, like the K9 or the Cali, Cali, right, crusher. Yeah, Cali crusher. Yeah. Um, so to me, I've always, I've owned a lot of grinders, people. And uh, I got to say, there's no greater treasure than the value and quality you find at the random gas stations. Like the uh, the p- display cases at like the back of a shell station that like time is forgot, and then you just walk back there in that corner where it's like you know all the sex pills with the rhinos on them, and uh, you see these grinders. You're like, oh shit! You're like, are these for sale? They're like, hell yeah! And uh, my favorite grinder I ever got uh, was this big, bigger, bigger, probably at least fifty percent wider. Nice, than this nice. One. Well, I mean, not only is it is it exciting like to get that that new grinder, but also there's nothing better than a fresh grind on a new grinder. Like, it doesn't matter which one you have. At some point, that thing is going to start to get gummed up, and that thing is going to start to get dull and start to shred rather than grind, and it's going to get gummed up, and it's not going to work. Whereas, so I'd almost rather get, like, you know, 10 or 20 cheap plastic grinders. Uh, I knew you were going to say the plastic ones. cycle through rather than, like, one really expensive one. That's fair. Yeah, well, this was $10, and uh, I think the, the one that I remember so fondly was, like, 20 and it was even bigger and had the super cheesy, like, demonic graphic of, like, a skull, but it was, like, a, like, a, like a deer skull or something. It wasn't, like, a human skull. It was like, supposed to look all metal, so I named it Little Nicky. And Little Nicky. <laughs> uh, Little Nicky, dude, he would grind up, but so perfect, and it got more keef than anything, and it cites me back to this one night, the night that I lost Little Nicky. Uh, a few, uh, me and like two of my real stoner friends from back in high school, we used to uh, smoke like half ounce blunts. Like that was our big thing. Get together, we each throw in, you know, like four or five grams and just like freaking go to town. Because uh, nice. we used Fun to have Friday those, night. yeah, those full size games, right? The yeah, big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I couldn't roll, but homie could. So he would, he figured out a way to stick two of those together and we'd be able to put wow. roughly 10. 10 grams was the easy. And then if he rolled it well, he could fit a few more. That's you know? talent too. To be able to roll a 10 gram blunt is not yeah. easy. I mean, it, you need some big hands. I definitely uh, admired this kid back in the day as far as like, you know, we were definitely on the same level of like what we were trying to do with our lungs. <laughs> um, and we were real, in the real, car. Real, recognize real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd uh, <laughs> that story for another time. He's actually recently gotten in some trouble, so I'm not sure how real at all. But uh, yeah, he uh, we 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 would hot box it. So we would hot box like a whole half ounce. And I remember one night after the little Nicky, I looked in the grinder after we rolled that half ounce blend. I'm like, oh my god, this is so much keef. Like, in astound. Like you could swim in it. And then we smoked the blunt. No, no, no one ever left the car, and we used little Nicky to grind it. But as soon as we smoked it, no one could find it. 
We checked under every seat, every bag. It just what? disappeared. It's like a wormhole opened and was like, it is enough. The demon that was stenciled on it came to reclaim it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Well, that's a treasure that somebody found. Ah, oh, dude, with like se- no less than oh, like seven grams of like thief just oh. kicked in. And when you were a kid, like it's not like around here now where it's like, oh, yeah, I see a bunch of dry sift. No. Oh, yeah, I, no. I work in trim rooms and I see all the material. It's like right, right. back then that was the holy grail was like keef. You Dabs didn't exist. No, you, like, you, you couldn't go buy just like a keef infused joint or keef coated joint. You like you can buy you anything. Saved up that, key. <laughs> that key for your grinder was your was your retirement plan. I mean, you saved up until that that you had some it goal go for what far. to do. With it. it wasn't just it wasn't just there for shits and giggles. I used to like, like morning bowls. I, I called them morning bowls where you just layer it, like you know just one bowl that would get you freaking high. So I would layer it painstakingly, like alternating four levels of keef and weed in a bowl. And my goal would be to let one. Uh, flame cherry the entire smoke. Ah, uh, nice. So then you had to play Chicago nice. too, where you can't uh, freaking uh, exhale until the other person starts to take their hit. <laughs> and so, dude, me and homies would just get wasted in the morning, be like, "Damn, here we go, boy! Two people, one bowl. It's we're done." And you know, that's a, that's good, man. I used to always like like saving it up and then rolling it into joints or blunts. Oh and getting yeah, that like extra little little bang out of it for sure. But well, like I, like it. Like a gram into like a like a two gram joint. Oh uh, yeah, really I think I that good balance. I think we touched upon how un, uh, incompetent I was during those days <laughs> rolling. So, yeah, speaking of, I'll probably roll up something now. What what we got yeah. this uh, this treasure here? Yeah, man. So uh, right there in your hands is a nice, lovely sherbet cross. Sure bet. Yes, with a, <laughs> a little bit of wedding cake. Oh, just yes. a dash. Yes, just a dash, just a dash. I think the sherbet's really the stronger. You know, it looks that, like that the sherb. Um, yeah. not to be too specific, but, uh, whatever happened to that Sherb, uh, CF8? You know, I don't think it made the cut. <gasps> what? You know, it just, it got lost in a sea of, of fire. It was so fucking... The flames engulfed it. It was like the hottest fucking Sherbert I'd seen. I thought that was crazy. All right. I mean, there's... Stu- oh, man. Just like, uh, as far as, like, nose and yield and the colors and everything on it, I was just like, oh my god, this... This, my friends, is Sherbet. Yeah, no, it's good. And when Sherbet shows itself in its <laughs> true form like that, on. it really comes through, man. And, and you can see why it was so hyped for so long and why it's gone into breeding so many different things. It's because it's a super fire strain. And it's got that good look. You know, it's got a really tight bud structure. It's got a nice purpling effect to, to that true Sherb. And it's got that mix of, it's like a complex gas. You know, it's got some funky, some gas, but it's more complex than To that. me, this is like a it's gassy like, granddaddy purple, to put it simply. That one came out a little bit sweeter, too. You know, I think that that's kind of like the cross. I'm definitely getting through. granddaddy vibes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. I know. I know. Yeah. Granddaddy's not in it, but you know. yeah, no, no, no. But that can happen, right? I mean, you, you take two things, you combine, and begin start to create comps. It happens all the fucking for time. sure, for sure. Yeah, but it's nice seeing it go into that brand new grinder there. You know, you know what I like about that grinder? You don't have to make multiple passes. You know, you could roll up your whole you know, joint you in one grind. You could put the chicken in with the bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my thing you don't too have is to refill. You know how much of a multiple. stickler I am for not grinding up weed when you're rolling. Uh, but when you have a big grinder like this, it's just it discriminates so much less to where you'll actually get some yeah. bigger chunks in there too. And I've been grinding up my weed again, which has just been so nice. Yeah, I like to do the rough grind. Actually, a lot of times I don't even let it get into the actual container of the grinder. I just grind it like that, and then oh, it's still stuck in the teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah it's still yeah, yeah. it's still kind of kind of not really fine. And then the other thing is you can't be putting too dry bud into a grinder, folks. If you ha- if your bud's on the dry side, don't even bother grinding it. Just it's crush it with your d- fingers. It's going to get dustified. Exactly, exactly. It's going to turn into powder and then it's going to not Which is be with actually kind of cool for bong snaps. Like if you're trying to take big bong rolls oh, and it's all sure. powder, and, and, yeah, well, and you're kill. trying to like totally flame it up on the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're trying to roll something, I don't know about you, man. I don't like rolling powder. Nah. I like having a little texture to it. I like shredding powder on the mountain. <laughs> Shout, out. Shout out. Shout no out, Johnny Yeah, man. Well, that's tight. I'm just happy that uh, I've not been getting my hands uh, as dirty because I've been fucking going crazy. I don't know what happened, man. I just got consumed by this table for like two days working on that. Man, I'm just thinking about smoking weed snowboarding now. Uh, it's dude, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> you, uh, you, how long have you been snowboarding? Oh, man. I've been snowboarding since I was an uh, early teenager, like 11 or 12. Maybe. Consistently until now? No, no, I, I've been. I took some breaks uh, here and there along along the way. 
But the last like seven, eight years, I probably go fairly consistently. But I just love being out there, man. It's just I love being out in the mountains, even when there's not snow. You know, I go and hiking. I like being up there, like being nature, and just being out there when there's snow is like the next level. But there is something about like for me these days, like smoking on the mountain and doing some snowboarding. It makes you feel like you're flying. Like it is just yeah. I'll I'll have to go out there again because back when I did that stuff, I was just a kid, man. Like I didn't. You know, that's like that's that, that stuff's cool when you can have a little liberty with it, have a little doobie before, or go with friends. Like, yeah, family snow trips have a very different vibe. For sure, there's a lot of stress because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, that's it's like at a certain point, it. you're just pissed off drinking hot cocoa in the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I remember it fondly. I mean, not getting started, they had to freaking drag me screaming up the mountain. Like I was willing to be on the bunny hill for like eight thousand years. Hey, that's cool. It's an intimidating thing. Absolutely. I mean, you're going up to the top of a freaking mountain, you know? Like, I think, think about even it. just the chairlift was just, like, enough for me to be like, oh, nah. <laughs> but it's also a cool experience. Like, if the chairlift's you, you, dope, you yeah. Time, I mean, you're, you're on the side of a mountaintop. Like, this is, like, one of the first times in all humanity <laughs> that we've even been able to go to these areas and not die. Nevertheless, mm. go up there for leisure and fun and entertainment. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, those things that you gotta, you can only be thankful for. Uh, and it's such an amazing experience to be out there. Like, it's so quiet, so tranquil. No. And then any level, I mean, as long as you get on the mountain, any level, you can enjoy your own speed going down. Yeah, even when I got good enough to do the other stuff, I actually found, like, the most fun were just, like, the blue the blue ones like i yeah. did i could i did the black diamonds and stuff like that but uh just like the blues just because i felt like they were the widest and you kind of had the most cruising room and like it wasn't like so steep that you're like gaining speed with the idea in the back of your head that i need to slow the fuck down you know instead yeah, it's like absolutely. oh i'm totally in control of this and uh nothing is a little more nerve-wracking where you just hit that uh, unexpected ice patch and your Ooh. shit just goes <laughs> Oh man! And yeah, it's like uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> the sound of ice scratching, the imminent danger yeah. approaching. Yeah, no, that Queens that's don't stop me now starts playing. Like, <laughs> don't stop me now. But I agree. Uh, I, you know, I think even now, you know, blues are my favorite. Mm. I've done crazy stuff. I've been out up in helicopters, out in mountainside, in middle oh, of nowhere, yeah. fresh powder. But you know, ultimately, <laughs> like, shout out Red Bull athletes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun. Don't get me wrong; it is awesome. But that's not the kind of kind of. It's intense, right? You have to be on your game. You have to be mentally there. You can't be blazing doobies in the helicopter about to go. You know, no, you have to be. Uh, that's like big surf. Whereas you know, you know the blues are fun because you can you can hang out. You can sit there. You can stop halfway down and relax, and then t- take your time and enjoy for for whatever you want to make of it. So anyway, man, next next year. Quick interjection from our sponsors at drypull.com. If you're not pulling dry, we must be asking why. <laughs> so uh, with that, I will dry pull this joint. It's true to my kind of initial analysis. It definitely leans more towards like the sherbet sour more than the outright kind of soft, fluffy fruit of Granddaddy Purple. But uh, it's really, uh, it's really something. Yeah, you get any of the of the cake in there? Uh, no, I'd say it's pretty fairly dominated. Like unless you wanted yeah. to just attribute gas to that, but yeah. I'm just as likely to give gas to Sherb as well. So yeah, it's kind of like they're kind of similar profiles. You know, you wedding cake. Yeah, you've had the, the spotlight family. for enough. Yeah, yeah. Nice though. Nice. Th- those terps really pull. That's through. good smoke. Yeah, Absolutely. it's gonna be great smoke. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so did you always do one like uh, versus like snowboarding or skiing? Have you tried both? Have at any point have you gone forward, switched back, kind of thing? Or yeah, I kind of I started off skiing. You know, my parents got me skiing when I was a little kid. There's like this after school program where they brought us out there. Uh, so it, it was cool, you know, to like get you know I grew up in New York, so to like get out and you know, be be in the mountains and stuff. Yeah, we just go in New York. New York had enough. Yeah, well, they, it was this little tiny mountain, you know, it's just west of New York City called uh, Mount Peter, and it's tiny, tiny. They only have two lifts and maybe like five or six runs. So it's like one of those, I technically went skiing mountains. I technically went skiing. Yeah. And when you're a kid, it doesn't matter. No, you're sure, out there you're just trying snow, to get out there and they're, they're, blowing, they're blowing like ice crystals for, for snow out on the mountain. But uh, I learned how to ski at an early age. I was probably five or six, and I did that until I switched over snowboarding as, like I said, 11 to 12, somewhere around there. Yeah, because uh, that's about when I skied, too, and I just out there. Yeah. I've, I've, I've dabbled skiing here or there every couple of years I'll pull out a pair to do it but I'm pretty I, I enjoy my snow yeah, the reason I asked is because growing up out there when I did my little bit of skiing like and if you went anywhere close that was like some bullshit yeah. that was open like a quarter of the season it's like oh Mount Saskatchewan finally has snow you know yeah. it's like it, the season's been up for two months but it's like oh they figured it out 
But uh, yeah, we used to have one of those by our house that was like 30 or 40 minutes. I can't remember in Connecticut. But uh, we used to, if you really wanted to go see the real stuff, you had to go to like uh, Vermont. Yeah, you had to go way Canada. Up. Yeah, yeah. I went there a couple of times as a kid. Those trips. Yeah. It was mostly on those little timeouts. There's actually one mountain that uh, they, there's, a, there's a documentary out now called uh, Class Action Park. It was a water park in the summertime. <laughs> that's and a, that's a, ski, a 2020 name for a park. And a ski place in the, in the winter. So in the winter, you'd be going down and you could like, in the runs, there was like the slides and stuff all covered with snow and all this craziness. And then in the summertime, it was this all out water park where there was like no holds bar, no rules. And uh, <laughs> it's funny naturally you say speaking, that. It, it got shut down. I was watching some dudes bomb uh, down some water park slides that were snowed over the other day. So Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we tried to like hit them as like rail slides and stuff like that when we were kids. There was this one that was a big loop, like a gigantic like 360 water slide. It was nuts. Sweet definitely wakes up your lungs, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Tastes just like it uh, smells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good sign. Oh, yeah. Tastes like it smells. I mean, That's what we're shooting for. I mean, I'm personally never offended when it doesn't. But I tell you, if you can make this this way across all products, it does the long way for the semi-educated or not at all educated customer because they they can't deal with that they feel bamboozled yeah. <laughs> they're like what this isn't what this doesn't taste like peaches yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those things i think it takes people a little bit of time to appreciate you know the canvas flavor with it kind of like uh, those amazing beers that we had in the last cu- couple of weeks you know they taste similar to let's say a pancake or a blueberry tart, but it still tastes like a beer. I mean, it's still clearly very much a beer with a very. I agree. Of Outside of that flavors. oatmeal one, that one was fucking nuts, dude. That did not taste like a beer at all. Sure, but I'm not. I'm not grabbing a spoon and eating it in the, in the, for breakfast. But this, you know, this is very similar. You know, like so those citrus tones will come through, but that cannabis and that, you know, that flavor that it naturally brings and mixes, especially when you combust it in smoke form, is always gonna be a shade of that terpene profile in the in the live flower shade is kind of is a pretty good word for it and then you have fl- flavonoids and terpenes and they kind of interact with different yeah. systems whether it be your smell or your taste in different manners and then how it all combines into the one experiential <laughs> do effect we, do we know enough about the difference of those things like to talk about it like I, we know tarps but like personally i'm not afraid to say that flavonoids were kind of this like kind of half uh, imagined thing kind of like tacked onto it and it's like they were tied together but they were so separate so i was kind of just like i never really understood the difference between the flavonoids and the terpenes like is that just a fancy way of saying it's the taste sensation associated with terpene balances or i i guess i don't understand because i know flavonoids exist like as individual things yeah, yeah. but where do you apply them or where where when do you think about them yeah so it's kind of like what we were just talking like when you when you smoke something you have multiple different senses that are interacting to come together in that experience. You have the flavor, you have the smell, not only coming in off the joint, but also as you exhale as well. And then, you, so you have terpenes that come through in certain ways, interact with certain senses, and you have flavonoids that interact with mostly your taste buds and your taste senses. Uh, that's about the extent of my knowledge on it. Okay. I know that. Um, the flavonoid aspect has only recently been further studied. And I think it still has a lot that, that, yeah. that's left out there to be understood because, you know, we're only really getting the terpene understanding now. And even that understanding is very preliminary. I it's mean, like we're the just periodic the table. They're it. finding new elements all the time. You know, it's kind of just like. And also just the, the science of biology. You know, we're, we're, we're still, the human brain is yet to be discovered. I mean, we know more about space than we do about what's between, between our ears, right? Do you think, I mean, do you think our brain. brains are going to get bigger or smaller as they just go on? <laughs> or are we just going to use more of it? You know, like they say, you don't use 70% of the brain. Do we just start you I'm know, ready for my psychic powers. I'm ready to go Dr. <laughs> Xavier on everybody. Yeah, dude. I believe that that's the middle lobe or somewhere around there. Yeah. Give, the me, give me all the lobes. Cortex. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if people... It's not about me being able to handle it. It's like I'm already pretty hyperactive. I find people have a hard time uh, dealing with... I, I've, I found the word arduous one day, and I just... You know, it has a somewhat negative connotation, but I, and, and in an honest way, I felt that, help, that helps describe one of the more negative aspects of my personality. I'm just... Whatever we're doing, like, 
I always have to be like relentlessly thorough or just like super into it or not at all. So it's just kind of like, I understand that it's tough to deal with me. And, uh, you know, my parents definitely understood that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, I, That's I, where so, the cannabis comes in. Yeah, so for me, I'm not sure if people would want me to have more to my brain. You know, I'm already fucking all over the place. Like, I'm not sure if anyone would benefit. I'm not Dude, sure who if knows, work man. would get maybe, done. Maybe we, like, unlock some sort of telepathy uh, capacity that we don't even know about. I mean, think about it. Like, already in life, there's things that are unexplainable, right? There's the, the idea of, you know, the gut feeling of something or yeah. the idea of an unspoken understanding or you're finishing my sentences or, right? Yeah. There's these all these indications that there's some other understanding of something else happening. Maybe that's just part of our brain that we don't exercise. And like anything else, if you don't exercise it, it's not going to be there. If you don't use it, you lose it. So maybe these are just things that we haven't honed in on and things that we can strengthen or maybe unlock through through medical science to make it even better. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we don't end up talking words. Maybe podcasts become uh, extinct because we can all just, in a in an existential way, connect with each other. <laughs> I want to communicate only through the armpit farts. Like, <laughs> like SpongeBob or something. But actually, I was going to hit you with the flip side, trip side of that. Like... Uh, you know, just kind of like evolution and everything. It's like, well, as far as like, you know, these weird hairless mammals we've really gravitated towards uh, becoming, uh, some would say that those residual ancestral kind of instincts are what linger and were really the only tools we had to survive and defend ourselves. So like maybe we've been far enough away to where that feels foreign now to where we could even be confused with a new skill yeah. instead of the dwindling remnants of an old skill. Absolutely. Uh, a great example is why are people scared of the dark? People are scared of the dark because your brain and uh, you know just your whole system is, is, uh, is uh, designed to suggest that there's always predation nearby. So your eyes are constantly, whether you're willing it or not, trying to make shapes out of shadows and trying to discern things through the dark when Really, it would just be like, come on, guy, chill out. It's 2020. No lurkers are in my house, you know? But your body doesn't know that on, like, a primal level. So that's why you'll see shadows in the dark and things like that, like, uh, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And your your heart rate raises. Uh-huh. You get more attuned. Your 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 eyes dilate. You know, all those, you know, biological responses and happen because of a hardwired response that you can't really control because, like you said, it's very innate. It's very animalistic. Yeah, and intuition, I feel, is just, like, a watered-down version of what animals have as instinct like we don't we have consciousness which overrides instinct in most cases like it's like a it's like a court that instinct gets submitted to and you might not even qualify it as such but uh you know the same thing that tells birds all the time yeah same thing tells birds to get the fuck out of there like i feel like there's that similar situation like you're around certain people and the birds in your stomach are trying to fucking go to a different forest you know and it's up to you to kind of understand why i i don't know it's kind of far out but uh I definitely believe that to be true about intuition. I think it's kind of lost instinct. Right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think that's that's probably one of those instincts that was very, very attuned to a society, and that was was probably even um, harbored and trained upon. And maybe like a shaman is just somebody who has more aptitude toward it. You know, like you go to somebody, you go you go to accountant with a more math focused. I think that's a left brain. Maybe. A shaman is somebody that just innately has more of that whatever brain that has that holds that intuition or that psych or that 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 telekinetic uh, property. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at shamans. I mean, more kind of facetiously, the freaking festival shamans that wander around these days at freaking fish concerts. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then there's the more tra- uh, traditional definition of you know somewhat shapeshifter, ritualistic, communing with nature, the animals, the ancestor spirits. But then to me, I also think a true shaman personally is just someone who is aligned with their inner power uh, or if it's so facto their higher power. Like aside from religion or whatever, faith is real to everyone that's on this planet. So like, you don't have to believe in a God or anything, but whatever you believe in and whatever you stake yourself into, there's like power and fervor in that. And so it's like, Having a flowing non dis I feel like, you know, it's if it's like a river between the two points, like honesty with yourself removes rocks from that path so the river can flow better. You know, so I feel like once you f- spend your energy and make it a real goal to make that river as unimpeded as possible, you kind of unlock some shamanistic shit, man. That's where I'm at. Without getting a little too chippy on that. That's kinda yeah. that's where I'm at. I don't know. I, I think I think uh 
there's probably a couple of different ideologies and trains of thought and religion. So that's that, just all me, man. That's that, just... that, that would say that, you know, enlightenment comes from uh, removing all the rocks and having, you know, as friction free life. Because rocks are all also concerns and uh, ties to possessions and all of those worldly things that cause the stress and the drama. The Buddhists got a lot of things right, man. They really yeah. did. Uh, but the, I'm not giving up my pot or nothing like that. That's what I was saying. I was, the joint was falling out. That's oh, what I was telling you. Oh, and then you were just like, frick oh, it. I did not. It was like that scene of a. Uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger has that guy off the bridge that he promised not to kill later. And he's like... <laughs> well, he didn't bring him back up. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but he did let him go. He's like, I like you. I'll kill you last. And at the end, he's yeah. like, hey, remember? You said you'd kill me last. <laughs> I lied. I lied. <laughs> yeah. It's just so fire, dude. I love, love me some Arnold, man. Are you a big action movie guy? Uh, dude, who 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 doesn't like a little Arnold in the You'll life find from, people, from man. Really? You'll find people oh, that dude, just don't know his glory. Predator? No, those are classics. Yeah, man. You know, I've been really wanting. To, I know it's not Arnold. It's just jumping around. I I was explaining to someone how hilariously awesome the first original RoboCop was. Do you remember the OG RoboCop? I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, I do. I do. Oh, I dude, do remember. Get high and watch that movie because even just the first fifteen or twenty minutes is the best part. Because where it's just for me, the whole best character in that show is the main bad guy, Clarence. It's just like that snickering little weasel of a man. And he's like, yeah, I'm Clarence. And uh, freaking, uh, he just, <laughs> that first scene, like you can know it's coming. But when they trapped the Robocop before, you know, he's just cop, human cop, freaking, <laughs> uh, yeah, cop cop. And they chop him in the warehouse and start to go, dude, when they unload into him, like with literally like a hundred bullets, it's like, it's like at least a solid minute of the whole gang of like five or six people just unloading rounds. Into like this those dude. old school oh, Dick Tracy, a like pump shotgun, just <laughs> he's shaking just, in the background, there's sparks yeah. going everywhere. <laughs> this dude took like 800 rounds. It definitely doesn't give 50 cent anything to brag about. Uh, it was just like, <laughs> but they didn't hit his jaw or nose line at all. Yeah. Like honestly, it was so over the top that you weren't like this is so cheesy like you were just like that's beef right there if someone shoots you once you're mad they shoot you 800 times you got to come back to life to get them and uh and, and freaking i just love uh you know all of clarence's little efforts being thwarted throughout the movie when he comes back he's like damn robocop you know but he almost gets him like clarence he also looks like one of my friend's dads like when i was growing up it's like my friend's my friend uh, Cameron's dad. Shout out, hey Cameron, hope you're good. Um, you guys are always trying to thwart him. And his... No, he's a pretty chill, laid back no. guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, he just looks like visual a, look. You know, there's visual just look. that gotcha. thing. Yeah, you just can't separate some people when you see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. You ever get anybody ever tell you that you look like anybody? Like you ever go into a store? Oh, or, sure. Yeah. So it's funny. I've kind of gotten further away from it. Not definitely further away from it now. But I would have even agreed with them at a point. You know, I'm not like freaking bearded out or anything. But I got a little scruffle. But back when I, I used to be pretty baby faced for a while. And everyone used to get me mixed up for one of the Jonas Brothers. Because uh, like oh, I have kind of, I, when I had my too? fair skin and then I have my little Jufro action going on uh, up top, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So with that, and I'll kind of dress like you know I was I was a prep school kid, so like I would still rock that stuff a little bit. And uh, kids would run up to me and ask me for my autograph, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, I was nicer than that, but I, in my head I was just like, "What?" Uh, so then I found out they found out who uh, Jonas, and then uh that also kind of looked similarly, but more of like a rounded face, which is actually what I got more. It was the freaking, uh, the guy from Glee that passed away. Like whoever played Finn on that show, Glee. Um, I didn't really watch it, but like, yeah, my, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where like people kept telling me I look like the guy. Yeah. So I figured out what the hell that was. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was cool. But like, you know, I definitely, uh, I leaned into the Joe Jonas thing after a while just cause I thought it was funny. And yeah, it's it like, and it starts to happen to, to happen to me when I was out on dates. So it was kind of just like, it's not bad. No, no. That, it's that like, hey, baby, you know, sure. I could be Joe Jonas right now, but I'm here with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I used to, I even actually learned how to emulate the songs and stuff like that. <laughs> just kind of like uh, ironically. And then I just like, I actually sounded really good. So I'm like, maybe I am the Jonas brother. They need to stand in. What's up? 
Here you go, man. You need a stand-in? I'll be your man then. Yeah, backup career. Yeah. Well, actually. I went to a a Kanye concert once where he wore a mask the entire time. Kanye did? could have sworn it was a stand-in. Oh, (laughs) might as well be. It's like, does anyone even know how that guy's going to act? Like, if he acted normal, it'd be more surprising. People are like, what? He was was like climbing a gigantic mountain on the middle of the stage. He was like totally respectful. He's getting real far out there. I'm not going to get too into it, but you heard some of that shit that he's been saying lately? No, he's going to be our next president. You crazy? Kanye? <laughs> oh my God, this man! Like he comes no, he's the, out there, bro. Did, did you see? But, but think about his life. Think about his his family system. Think about everything around him. Nothing is has even a shade of normalcy. Yeah, but you've heard what he said. Like, um, I'm not. I, we can say we just don't want to dwell on it. But like, what he was saying about uh, like the Underground Railroad. You hear what he was saying? No, no. He was dude. He was he spent like thirty seconds talking shit on Harriet Tubman. I was like, bro, what? You can't, oh, well. Like that's the deepest cut. Uh, you're right. he's out of pocket. He's out of both pockets. I mean, you think it's one of those just like promotional things, like like he went and talked shit on Taylor Swift so that he could sell more. Yeah, man. Taylor Swift has to sell about ten billion more CDs to be Harriet fucking Tubman. But no, yeah, no, 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 no. but I'm saying like he. It, it was described to me that he did that as a publicity stunt and not actually as a a statement against. Taylor Swift. So is this uh, yeah. just a more extreme publicity stunt that he doesn't really mean? I think he was. Tra- he's. I. I it, it's like. But regardless, it sounds ludicrous. It's his weird new activism. Like it's a whole thing, dude. Like, do you remember Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks? No. Like it's. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's kind of going the Uncle Ruckus direction, man. Um, hmm. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well. Anyway. I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah I, where else like, was it for him to go? It feels like it's kind of like the whole thing is laced kind of like in political stuff. So I'm like yeah. careful not to touch it, you know, because he also says some pretty insightful things. But I, I, and, yeah. yeah, right? That's the right word? I don't know. It sucks. But, I love some old Kanye. You know. Bro, some and that's college my thing. dropout, it, it, fire. I'm so glad you said that because uh, something I always like to talk about is separating the artist from their music, you yeah. know? And I feel like some people feel like you have to like both of them. And that's just totally not true. And people change too. I mean, how long ago was college dropout? Over a decade ago. Forever. And then uh, I guess, you know, speaking of two freaking kind of uh, not pariahs, but definitely lost children of the industry, like he did that album with uh, Kid Cudi. Did you hear that? No. What, There's recent? a whole Kanye Kid Cudi album. No, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, got, is it good? Did you listen to it? Um, so my cousin. Um, he like recently started getting into hip hop like a few years ago. Like you know, now at this point, if you ask him, like, oh, I always liked it. You know, you know those guys. I always like my man. He got in a few years ago. And he likes more the other side of the coin. Like you know, I like my classic playlistic stuff. He likes the more uh, like run the jewels mm-hmm. type stuff. And uh, he played it for me because uh, he just likes anything that's interesting. And I will give him that. He's definitely. Uh, I always like to think of myself when I, when you boil it down. I'm just a, a connoisseur of the esoteric. You know, and esoteric is one of my favorite words. And uh, I just think you know he's the same. So uh, I think you know it's just he has an appreciation for the fine, strange things. So it's definitely a standout album. If you're a fan of Kanye, like you're gonna, you know, at a certain point, it's like if you like someone, it's just nice to hear them again. Uh, so you yeah, might have fun. I mean, but I will I'm also de- say. I'm a fan, a fan of old Kid Cudi, too, man. Like, Kid Cudi's first Kid two Cudi albums. Kid Cudi Knox, for sure. Awesome. Uh, got but, people emotional up in there. Uh, but he, there's one song where Kanye's scatting. So just be ready for it. Like, old school style? Like, new school style if you took the hyphy rap gun sounds and mixed it with scatting. So oh. if you want Kanye to scream gun sounds at you <laughs> at one part of this album, I'm just preparing you that that is also... It, wherever we are on this uh this graph chart <laughs> that's the valley yeah so just be ready for it you know what uh i'm I'll, hearing I'll it in my give, head as I'll i'm least telling give you give it give it one go through out of respect listen for, to for, anything for both those guys you know and they they're definitely both of them uh did unique new stuff that has you know it really impacted hip-hop yeah forward, so you can't win them all we don't can't really talk about music on this do we i don't know do people like have. that Probably. I mean, I'm not sure that we can. Music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I think that could be an interesting thing to get into sometimes. We should. Um, so on a non like sarcastic half dig into Kanye, um, is there anything you've really been enjoying lately that's been like new or whatever? 
Uh, well, I mean, I definitely got to go check out that, that album that you just talked about. Uh, you know, I've been on this weird... Dude, I'm actually... so high. What album did I just talk about? Oh, the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even remember. All right, please go on. I'm going to have a dab while you do that. So I, I've been on this, uh, this kick I... of this, uh, this French DJ, Kid Francinoli. And uh, I, I, I started with this, this one track that just randomly popped up, and then I just like got into this whole discography. And really, really interesting because it's like you can't really nail it down. Like every album that he does is slightly different, but all of them are pretty good for like kind of the genre that they're going out and trying to represent. From like, so what is it from like EDM to more like uh, trance chill with like trance female uh, vocal like overtones. To like more, I would say like alternative poppy, like a uh, Passion Pit or MGMT Dude, or something like that. You threw me for a loop. Passion Pit, man, they kind of rocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like them definitely back in the day. I haven't heard I haven't heard that any was like some of my first time. stoner music, what? man. But they were they were, they were fun, a fun band. And yeah, this guy, uh, yeah, really really interesting. Some some of it's instrumental, some of it's more uh, electronic, uh, kind of all over the board. And that's kind of, I've been rocking a lot of that lately just because it's, it's so, so diverse. Wow. But in addition, I, I went down the rabbit hole of some classic Fleetwood Mac too. Oh shit. You're giving uh, me so some, much like, different answers than I would have expected. I don't know, man. So, like you're so, coming like, across as like, like a totally respectable person and I'm just going to be a degenerate. Like you heard that song no, about but, the bricks in the car. <laughs> but, but, but with that at the same time. Uh, I've been really enjoying that the new Young Young Dapa album that, that, that you sent off, over to me as well. Yeah, yeah. Rich Slave, uh, you know he gave away that Lamborghini. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, his uh, I think it was an Aventador, the blue with the orange, uh, and he yeah. gave it away. As oh a yeah, contest. the one on the cover. Yeah, and he actually yeah. gave it away. Took pictures with the lady and everything. Pulled up on her, gave her everything, and it's really Dude, that's funny. Baller, man. Uh, that's the, dope. The comments on the we're really incensed because really oh yeah because you know everybody got hate on even a boy giving away a free lambo what but Come uh on. the thing i thought was hilarious was like the situation right so it went to you know congratulations uh it was this middle-aged uh hispanic woman in texas and you know i thought it was awesome but there was people saying from stuff like this one guy I had to talk to this one guy because he said, oh, I knew a white person wouldn't win. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> I had to talk to that guy for a second. But uh, freaking, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he had that. But then I was, my main thing was, okay, it didn't seem to be any arrangement past giving her the car. I will assume that there was an undiscussed cover of maybe a one year's worth of fees and maybe registration, but you know, it looked like a mom, and you know, it's just Texas. You know, Texas is is kind of like the very rich, and there's a ton of middle class people. So, I'm just saying, like, if people can't fathom what the insurance payments are on a half a million dollar race car, oh, it's crazy. Then you got to register it too. I'm like, the maintenance on that thing. So I'm just like, there's no situation other than him giving her like another 200k on top of this freaking car and not talking about it. Other than her just flipping this freaking car, you're probably spending 50k a year on that car. Yeah, you you, you probably are. But again, it's gonna be maybe that's amazing rent. for her too. You know, she has it. She drives. She gets to whip around a freaking sells Lambo her house, for, just for lives a out of the Lambo, or and then flips it. You know, enjoys it, enjoys the moment, gets to gets to ride around for a little bit, and then makes makes a couple hundred grand off of it, and that changes her life too. Oh, know, probably more so than a car. That's the thing. I just think, you know, it's there's no universe where it's getting sold. I, that's the plan, man. You're going to see Dolph's Lambo popping up on eBay soon. Dude, hell yeah. You could totally buy cars on eBay. Well, actually, you, know, you remember when, like, those uh, car restoration shows were more popular, like West Coast Customs? Oh, and more and, and more and of those things. Uh, Pit my ride and stuff. Pit, I missed that. Those one. cars would end up on on eBay like within you know months of them being complete and stuff. Did like you that. ever you know, see? People very rarely kept them for long. Did you see the documentary where they went back to the Pit My Ride stuff? 
No, no, like a revisited, uh-huh. like <laughs> where they are now. Yeah. So what it is like, <laughs> spend all the time and money like putting TVs and shit, and then they would, the stuff that was actually the problems with the car, they would fix like just enough, and then it would just break down like a couple it's weeks like, later. <laughs> so they would get it just good enough to be running again for the show, and then spend all the time on like electronics and shit. So a lot of people's cars didn't really like run any better, like because you never saw them replace the engines or no, anything no. like that. It was just like we're gonna take the stains out here. We're gonna put a TV over it instead. Yeah, put a put a hot tub. There's in a bag. blender in your trunk. <laughs> and I but mean, your cylinder's still blown. And I'm not trying still to say they're bad gasket. people because those are things people need, but they also need their car to run. Yeah, yeah. Let's just. I mean, a lot of those things didn't even seem like they would be practical driving. You just park them in your driveway and play video games. Yeah, well, that's when they. Uh, I'm definitely gonna freaking do it. It's like the real race car bed. <laughs> yeah. Man, I would. I would love to. I'd totally dip one of those things around for a little while, though. What are these diamonds from? Uh, what from strain? Do you know? These, di- yeah, these are the orange vines. That's why I asked. It was a loaded question. Yeah. It's good. It's got like that little citrus funk, and then it gives way to the the hazy sting. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I like these diamonds a lot. Really, really kind of clean smoking too. You can get a lot of a lot of reheats off of it and still keep a nice kind of golden amber puddle. Yeah, I'm cooling over here. Yeah, I mean you terp sipping. I mean you you know the that way. Pinkies up. It was funny. I broke my fingers so much playing football, and like you know everyone just tries to convince you that it's jammed. Like it's like it's just a jam. And, you know, it's not, like and sometimes my finger because yeah. I thought it was jam, but it was actually broken. Yeah, yeah, so many times. And I'm just like all my. If you, I don't like really let people look, but all my fingers like go, like kind of lightning bolt out. Like uh, you know, it's, uh, but my pinkies for the most part stick out whenever I drink something. So I'm default fancy forever. Yo, same here, man. I I broke almost every finger and knuckle. Oh yeah, because you're boxing too, huh? Hands. I, I have a tendency to do that too, and I look at it, I'm like, man, why is my pinky out like that? <laughs> Tuck that sucker back in. No, ow, it hurts. That's how you know we were meant for the high life. <laughs> Trial by fire. You earned it. Earned it to stick that pinky out. Yeah, it's like I don't think of myself as like a tough guy or nothing, but when I think about like my pain threshold actually is pretty high because of all that shit, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, I'm definitely definitely don't get worried about stuff like that anymore, you know? <laughs> Sometimes a jam finger and a normal person's day, you know? Yeah. So uh, speaking of trial by fire and uh, bringing the pain, we got to think through our, our gauntlet challenge for s- some of our next. You, ne- you next, love uh, this. All right. No, let's I, do I, it. I, I do. I do. No. And we've, we've discussed it now with, with uh, two or three of our, our previous guests. And I think uh, for the listeners out there, what we're, what we're trying to contemplate is a new format for as we bring people up uh, cruising around with us up here on the plane of how to enjoy all these lovely cannabis delights that we usually have well, in the table in front thought. of us. Here's my first thought is how do we do that without making like to me that makes the show longer. It doesn't have to. I mean, it could just be you Yeah, know, but then but then like okay, hear me out. Caveat. Um like the free format would be sacrificed if we did that and like uh you know, like, like the whole point of like, like every time we come into this, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And it's what I think makes is like our special sauce, you know? Well, we have our flight plan. <laughs> well, we sort of. We got our GPS turned but, on. You know, autopilot, you're, you're lying if you're planning on talking about half the crazy shit I end up rambling on about. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so that's kind of my thing is just I'm fine with the show being a little longer. If you notice those last episodes actually ran about 10, 15 minutes longer. Uh, I think... I think we could do it. I just think yeah. we need to be conscious of, because I love the flow. So like, I, I I think it's I don't want to dissect the show too much into, you know, straight stuff. But I feel like we have a really good like hard thirty or forty minutes with our guests where we're just flowing and chopping. And maybe there's like a I certain like time into the event like maybe we can have like a dramatic intro, like you know, like the like gongs and shit. Or you know, it may not even have to be as as as. Um formal or you know put a box around it like that it could just be throughout the show we have a table full of goodies that we know we're going to smoke through we know that's usually going to be some dabs right, right. some concentrates it takes preparation some, on our some part, joints though. some bongs and maybe as we're going through that that's just the order that we do it in every time every time we start with a bull hit you know to to work things up and then we go to the, to I, the I got plenty of pipes then we go to the the bong, and then maybe to some joints, or throw a dab in there, and then and then it's more like we can judge shows by what we're smoking at that point as well. 
Who knows? Maybe we should open up to the audience. Anybody feel strongly out there? Write to Cushman Bong Legs. That's right. Please. I, need, is, uh, I need more people telling know. me what to do. Send me more messages. Uh, Man, you're still reheating that. Still tasting good? I mean, uh, Terp sipping. This is why I'm just like, who else dabs for this long? <laughs> no one who's not a Terp sipper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm out here. That, and that's my whole point, again, uh, with the high-end dab stuff and high-end rig stuff. If you get more use out of it, more longevity, then it's not more expensive. Like... That's true. You can't be putting crap in there and reheating it over and over again. It's going to taste like burnt turds. Right. But it's like, you know, this on its 13th reheat tastes like a $20 gram on its first hit. Yeah. So it's like, you can argue that technically you're getting five to six times more out of your dabs. So somehow you, if you're paying less than six times the price of what you valued that original at, like then it's a good deal, right? Yeah. So if that's a twenty dollar gram times six, uh oh, hash rosin's in that range, the one twenty ish. But I'm just saying, you know, forty, fifty bucks should be a grand slam then for you, especially since you're getting four to five times the quality of the product than some like CO two midi pack bullshit. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. That's when cool. I flip, so I'd feel no guilt about refine or constellation or any of that shit. It's all good. Or House of Cultivar, forgive me. I mean, I think you do you definitely get, you know, a more bang for your buck. But you can, the same could be said about the flour, too, right? I mean, if you're buying crappy flour, you know, that doesn't have all those terps, I mean, and doesn't have the cannabinoid mix, then... That's like 16. You're going to have to smoke that whole joint rather than just having to smoke a quarter or half of it. So your weed is going gonna, is gonna to last longer too. So if you pencil that out to really the true cost of it, which I think a lot of people don't, you'll see that it's affordable, comparable, if not, if not cheaper. Plus, who doesn't want a little bit less of something nicer? It seems easier as well. I love smoking weed, man. But, uh, and if you acknowledge like fucking how much of this is like habitual and how long a high actually affects you, like – not the head rush. Don't chase the head rush. But the actual sensation provided, like the mellow following, like if you really try to analyze that and really ask yourself, is this enough? Like, yeah, if you have the money and the weed, then fucking smoke it while you got it. But, you know, if you're really trying to stretch your weed and you are that person that has only 50 bucks a week to spend on weed or whatever the number may be, uh, you really need to make it count. So... Usually you're like, well, dang, I wanted to get some flour, wanted to get some oil, and then you end up fucking getting a $30 eighth and a $20 gram, and it's just like, you know, but if you're really thinking about it, and you really make this that special occasion of the day, there's no reason you can't go on a sale day, you know, and get a good gram of, uh, just because it's on my head, refine, or how's a cultivar? I'm just like, I'm so like, I have to make sure to mention that, because like for me, it's just so automatic. You know, it's implied that when I say top shelf, it's House of Cultivar. Anyway, so, uh, you know, you can get that in a gram of weed that you like. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but that's, you know, that's really where like we were talking about in some of our previous episodes where the bud tender comes in, you know, and like that education has like to be Cedric. out there. Exactly. You know, you he's going to gonna go point to, you in the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. You need to go to the homie Cedric. He's going to write you a letter. that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and gets that to, to, to kind of guide you down that path. That's right. Because ultimately, I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, 100%. Yeah, since Cedric's there, i got to see if I can uh, work out a deal for them to change their name to the Blakery. What do you think? <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, I think it, I think sales would be up. So. <laughs> Come on, let's talk cheddar. Uh, yeah. I see the sponsorship now. It's funny. Um, when my website <clears throat> first got started, any, to any of those that don't know, uh, I've been writing under the name or whatever you want to call it, pseudonym or what have you, alias Cushman Bong Legs for a while. And so when I found out there was all those Cushman's shops, I was like, oh shit, maybe there's something here. So I'm like, hey guy, I'm a Cushman too. You know? And, You're uh, a Cushman, I'm a Cushman. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I feel like we should be doing something. And uh, I showed my website, but it was early enough that, you know, I didn't have the follower poster numbers for them to give shit. So they totally ghosted me, which kind of hurt my feelings, especially since I like dropped weed off for them with a smile on my face uh, a million times. Yeah. You know, it's just like, ah, come on, guy. But it's cool. I'm a small fish. I bet you it's an influencer generation. Like, you know, 
Uh, so yeah. they, they need to see those figures. But I just thought it was funny. Like, damn, why couldn't I? I see some synergies. Come on, man. I can't be Cushman or the Blakery. Then what the fuck is life for? <laughs> and there's a, there's a lake. There's a... There's a cu- Lake Cushman, but it's, Lake spelled, Cushman, it's yeah. spelled different. Is it? Yeah, it's like with a C or some bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah, it's such a, it's like not what even a, a good imposter. opportunity. I that know. Lake name. I think there's like a Blake Island or something out in the San Juans too. Like there's I, Blake Island. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. totally yeah, just need all to, sorts of. Landmarks. I need to go up on there. It's funny. It's, I grew up with knowing no one with my name for like 15 years. Uh, you know, even with the internet, it was a really rare one. Like, you know, okay, you can have Blake Lively, but that does not count. And it's like, I would say that the tallies are calculated on, you know, if you, if you have John as a boy's name, you get the tally. And I, I like to think it's separate because, like, my name is not Blakely. It never has been. Uh, <laughs> and I was, quite frankly, sick of the question. Uh, so, yeah, man. I just it's also uh, it's one of those names. It, there's no, no, no nickname. It's not short for anything. No. Mind handing me the, the torch, please? The torch. Of course, of course, it's kind of Thank warm you, up sir. top. You were a gentleman and a scholar, everything. And, there. and a judge of fine whiskey. I used to have a, a history teacher that used to talk about that. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about him. Uh, freaking this dude, he was the realist. His name is Bruce Jaffe, man. And uh, I tell you, he, he looked like a reanimated skeleton back when we were going to class. But, uh, you know, it sucks because he had a lot of health problems. So I have a hard time believing that he's like... It's probably around, but I hope the best. Wait, he, how old was he? Do you think? But he, I, I don't think he's he's like one of those people that are definitely worse for wear. So it was like he was looking rough. I know he had like a lot of intestinal issues, but he was a very fascinating man, and that's what I remember about him. And uh, he was also a beekeeper, a fanatic beekeeper. And so the best part is, anytime when we didn't want to do work, just without fail is if you brought up bees, you could burn like 30 minutes of every class. So as like a group, the students would decide this before uh, it even happened. That's funny. Yeah, so we were just like, oh, it's a bee day. And he's like, guys, we're not talking about bees. And we would ask him the same questions with renewed intrigue every day just because we loved uh, missing the class, man. I had a Spanish teacher in high school that was like that. She was from Cuba. And she loved talking about how she used to be a dancer in Cuba. And we, same thing. We used to just ask her about Cuba, and then she would pull out this Nutella and make us Nutella sandwiches and tell us about her Cuban days. And I know much more about being a dancer in Cuba than I know Spanish. You know, I think it boils down to, like, we were just being shitty kids trying to miss work. But uh, That's I, exactly what it was. I mean, for sure. We were just trying to get out of work. But I think as I look at it now. We wanted more break time. Uh, I think it's just people on a basic level that just are thrilled to get to talk to them about themselves organically. Like, you know, like their teachers are super underappreciated and they probably hate half the assignments they have to pass out and stuff. So it's just like, you know, not all of them, obviously. Uh, well, uh, and also like how much do like we're, we were looking at it from the perspective of the student not wanting to do the work, but they really didn't want to do the work either huh. you know it's like and you see you probably see a lot of that as a teacher like a lot of like bull crap that you know really is a waste of time to do and yeah thinking about how many times you stay out a little late with your friends before work the next day like that happens with teachers too so it's yeah. like it's kind of funny exactly. to think about and go back how that uh, how that all goes i'm like damn we were actually just giving her a break that's she, right. she wasn't having to be on point. She just tells stories that day. <laughs> See, I, had a, I can't tell if I had a good or bad Spanish teacher because people always ask me, they're like, wow, like, where did you, when did you last take Spanish? And I'm just like, in seventh grade. But, uh, you know, I, I can, da- like, I like to say, I can, I can dazzle, uh, you know, a gringo <laughs> with my Spanish, but not a freaking, wow. I can't, I can't, I can't do the, the native speakers. They crush me. I try. Like, it doesn't even I, I sound the same. I'm like, you guys are saying different words. No yeah. way. It does not sound like when my teacher Melissa says it, <laughs> but uh, that's a hundred percent true. Uh, I, that's where I was going with this story. Freaking, uh, she would just stand, and she had this sketchy boyfriend that just like now I would just call a crackhead, but back then we didn't really. You just turned that off. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would, I wouldn't have known what that was back then. But uh, man, this guy like stole her TV and all this shit. And he was like, you know, got kicked out of the military and things. So I was just like, man, she would just spend days going off. Hey, she would just tell tell the class about this. Oh yeah, man, we had this one guy, Nico, <laughs> who was like, 
he definitely had a thing for her, but it was like an ironic way to where like he was always the one acting out in class, like to where he was just like getting disciplined all the time. But like he would always ask about it because she was always in a mood. And he's like, what's wrong? <laughs> he was a funny guy. He's one of those guys that like if that school was a, if that school was a sitcom, he would be the character that's like for some reason four years older than everyone else there. Um, but yeah, he was definitely uh, had that energy. And it was funny, man. He was a good I, dude, I look upon high school so fondly. Like, uh, I went to an all-boys school, but I still uh, really just had a good time. Everyone nice. was so free to just crack jokes, and we all were just, the pranking was next level. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. And the teachers were hopeless. Just t- t- 24 just straight male energies in a room. Like, you're just... Oh, was, man, yeah, that's got to be rough yeah, to be we a had, teacher. Yeah, we had, these, we had this guy who was actually just, I regret this. So if through some miracle you're listening to this, I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis. Um, but uh, we fucked with our teachers in a different way every time. Uh, we had a physics teacher, and uh, they used to combine the junior and senior classes. So I had uh, physics for two years uh, there. And uh, he was the nicest guy, and he was really smart. And uh, he spoke in an English accent. And he was just like really just really good guy. And he really wanted us all to learn. And he would take the time to explain stuff to you. He would like, you know, if you really were in a test, he was he wasn't he wasn't like that dick teacher that wouldn't help you during a test. He would give you a nudge in the right direction sometimes. And he really wanted everyone to succeed. Nice. However, being a junior, the seniors kind of decided what direction the class went. And then we'd just get bullied if we didn't go with it. Because there was obviously yeah. just like five of us in the senior class sessions or whatever and freaking uh they would uh, do this thing where they would bang their desks up and down on the ground and go oh yeah but uh i think you know the tone uh it's not quite just the precarious question mark it's the uh the porn star oh yeah so about really 15 of them would start screaming making porn noises whenever they just didn't want to do anything uh, and just banging their desk. All at the same hand. time. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they would what? just do it. And they would go, oh, freaking yeah, Dr. Lewis. <laughs> it was the worst. They were doing it. And he's just like, oh, I'm done. There'd be so many times where he'd just walk right out of the classroom. And then they would just feel like they won. But no really, way. they were breaking this sweet English man's spirit who really wanted to teach us. And was, wow. quite frankly, way too qualified for the position he had. But I'll never forget that. And then we had this one guy, Robert Maxfield the fifth who would always turn around to the se- seniors with a freshman. Like, uh, you ever see that meme with the kid who's like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I'll say it. I don't care that you broke your arm. You know, like that weird kid yeah, who just yeah, thinks that's sure. like the, ooh, that's yeah. the cutting thing yeah. to say. Yeah, he's like, my Ukrainian friend is teaching me how to make bombs on Skype. And I'm just like, <laughs> that is not what you say to an upperclassman to make them shake in their boots, friend. And it makes you seem like a giant weirdo. But, uh... Yeah, so if anything, that was before all this, all those terrible things happened. I was just like, we didn't realize how close we were to having some problems. Wow, uh, yeah. You know, like that's like the exact thing. And uh, without going into it, I think bullying is the root of all of that. Like kids are so vicious. Absolutely. You know? And I look back on who I was. I didn't do anything too crazy, but like I had moments that I probably, you know, wish I could take back from an insensitivity level. Um but anyway, so yeah, we right. go it's, there. It's there at almost every level too. You know, it's yeah. like very, very few people avoid it entirely. You, you know? can not, even as yeah. somebody who was was a fighter and, and trained, and I was always big for for my size. Like uh, I, I still got bullied. Uh, me here too. And there uh, along the years, you yeah. know. I mean, it's and and everybody's faced with it. And some people, you know, uh, it could really have crushing effects. The, I think yeah. these days it's even getting worse, right? Because the back then. Exactly. Back then, at least it was face-to-face. And not everybody can bully when you're face-to-face, especially with somebody who's bigger or stronger who could punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But nowadays online, it's like it's like ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And they have and nothing so else to do. These poor kids, like, they see it immediately. All their friends see it. And it's, it's man, it's tough. Yeah. It's a shame, the, the dedicated cruelty of children. Like, I used to play a lot yeah. of online games, too. And uh, they're pretty ruthless. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, for sure. People will trick you, steal your stuff, and call you a bitch and shit. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's trying out there when you uh, aren't punchable. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. It gives that, that, you know, that veil of anonymous. I think that's an important thing to do is at some point in your life, physically or figuratively, just get really just punched in the face. 
Like, uh, I think that's a really good thing to happen. Yeah. You know? Like just get your yeah. shit rocked one day. Like not yeah, like, you know, sure. like I said, figuratively, don't go out and start fights. I'm just saying like until life really drops you, you don't really appreciate how good just things steadily going are like equilibrium for me is not graded at 50 out of a hundred, like achieving equilibrium is like a 70, you know, like mm-hmm. being able to sustain and be somewhat content day to day and things like that. I think there's amazing merit in that. And I think you don't know how good you got it till you get uh, to you're reminded where the floor is. You know? No, I agree. I think that that's what builds resilience. That's what builds character. That's what yeah. makes you work harder and stronger to, to not have that happen again. You know, it, it's fundamental to everything. Even, even look at your body. Even if you want to work out, if you want to get bigger muscles, you need to break those down do drama to them and so that they build stronger the next time so you can continue to lift heavier and heavier weights and that's yeah. that's life i mean that's a metaphor for life right there it sucks i mean it sucks getting punched in the face don't get me wrong i, I don't i don't enjoy it by any means and figuratively or literally but as, as arnold knows it it's the pump it teaches you to bob and weave that's right because it sucks getting fucking punched in the face i always quote biggie smalls when i just like want to give vague advice to people i just go treat it like boxing stick and move stick and move (laughs) that's my vague advice to the world yeah that's it it's plagiarism from biggie but uh yeah man fuck yeah i'm fucking uh you i really uh i enjoyed this uh this dab that i just took this this mix this sunday sunday mix i know i had this uh it before in the past sunday 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 you know it uh it gets better good. and better, man. It's like good. Those trips start like combining and remolecularizing and off-gassing. And yeah, who knows I definitely what. don't and compromise by smoking this stuff. Like it's just as good as anything else for me yeah. personally. I mean, I'm sure there's one guy with a gram of rosin that costs ten times as much that could argue, but it's still good. You know, I feel like this form factor is highly um, underrated. What's this that like? Kind of uh, like apple saucy. You know it. it it, it doesn't have it has a weird visual to it you know it, but it's kind of I how really like, like at the it. beginning days of wax like a lot of stuff used to come like that yeah but it's a little more waxy this this is almost has like a little bit more like crystally nature to it's it it's, a little, little, it's really terpy it's like a you know it's like a terp applesauce it's like a terp sugar you know it looks do- dark when you have a lot of it together yeah but when you spread it out into a dab it, oh, it's, it's nice golden. and bright yeah yeah because I always cold start on my banger, so I actually really like how I look. I always try to smear it a little cool way each time because uh-huh. it's really fun when you watch it kind of paved out, like when people make ice cream at uh, Cold Stone or some shit. <laughs> right, right. The artistic swipe. Yeah. Uh, but I also, for that for that exact reason, I also really like it for its usability because it's easy to get on to almost any kind of dab or dab tool and then get into the the bucket or the quartz or, or whatever it may be. Whereas like those diamonds that we did earlier, those can be little sons of bitches. You try to get those on something like that it, that's not sticky and they start uh, flying off or right when you go to put it into the bucket, they go flying in the other direction. They bounce. I've had seen them bounce out of the bucket. Yeah, that's the best thing I've yeah. found so far, that labster that you're holding. That's my key dab tool. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's even with the, that. It's got a flat edge. It's got a rounded edge, you know. Even if that's clean, that's hard to get an accurate dab of added diamonds whereas mm-hmm. like in the applesauce you can take a little bit you can shave a little off you can get like your exact size. you know i've forged my hands with kung fu and waterfalls so i can do it but uh you know i can under- i understand what you're those saying. diamonds are tricky though like especially the, you it's get like a big one with, with a bunch of a bunch of little ones and then it'll attach to both the bottom and the top of the flat part and then you're trying to scrape some off and they mm. attach to each other and also these ones actually have some some terps combining them, but when they're more dry and they're mm-hmm. just loose, oh uh, yeah, they'll the, just slide right the off. The actual that thing. crystalline, yeah, stuff is a nightmare. Yeah. All right, yep, fine, you got me. Boom, yeah. argument one for the applesauce. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, um, I tell you what, I've been having a lot of fun on this flight, but uh, you know, we gotta we've been circling overhead for a minute, so uh, we gotta turn on the seatbelt sign. But uh, I can't say I recall where we're going today. So where are we going? Man, we are going to Moscow. Moscow? Hide the weed, dude. We're about to go to a Russian jail. I don't know. It's it's starting to blow up over there. It's Man, happening. I'm, it's happening. That's the last luck Yo. I'm going to try. Oh, my God. Have you seen that show, World's Toughest Prisons? Yes. That guy, that guy, Raphael, he got locked up for a crime I didn't commit for 20 years. So how do I spend my freedom? Going back to jail every day. Yeah, I don't know. That's one way to spin it. It's 
better than the Green Mile approach. Anyway, on that grim note, think, uh, do we want to plug anything? Well, my friend, you know we have to plug drypool.com Dry one more pool. time before we get off. Make sure episode. to go to drypool.com. Figuring out how to get those terps digital. <laughs> digital terps. It'll be like Jetson's shit where you pull out a pill and pull some water on it. <laughs> no, I th- you told your phone to your nose. Oh, no, or the Willy Wonka where you can reach into the TV. I don't even think that was a problem. They just needed to put you on a cool channel. I'm going to turn the terps to sound so you hear them and they vibrate into Whoa. All right, cool. Well, fuck yeah. Uh, you can check out toastedandposted.com. And uh, if you want to learn some more about strains, we got about I don't know, like 300 and plus strains on there. So that's, that's a good resource. And uh, I'll get back to writing some essays, but I've been focusing on this show here and some other efforts. So I'll get back to it, man. But y'all got to understand those take me like eight hours between the photos, the editing and everything. So it's like, God dang, you know, if you like it, let me know and I'll spend more time on it, but I'm just trying to diversify, you know? So they're good, uh, man. They're, they're poetic. Uh, yeah, I really like them, and it's it's funny because it's like everyone really likes them, but then yeah, every once in a while I get some asshole writing me a delicious letter about how I just sound like you know like some uh, just wannabe uh, you know fancy man. So whatever, I don't really care. Haters motivate, man. Keep going up the ladder. They mad make them matter. A quote from the prophet Young Dolph. Anyway, touching down in Moscow, in Soviet Russia, weed smokes you. Thanks again for tuning in to Cruising Altitude, and it's time to take this flight down.